0: So okay, the book of Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, chapter number one. <clears throat> so we'll read through the book of Leviticus tonight. <laughs> Just seeing if you're paying attention here. <laughs> and we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. But we are going to read some. Leviticus chapter number one <clears throat> Goodness. Leviticus chapter number one. <clears throat> and we're getting, we're going to begin our reading there in verse one. And if you'll follow along, I'll try to read here. Leviticus 1 1. And the Lord called unto Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. And if his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, and he shall put his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. And he shall kill the bullock before the Lord, and the priest Aaron's sons uh, and the priest Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood round about upon the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall flay the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. And the sons of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire upon the altar and lay the wood in order upon the fire. And the priest, Aaron's son, shall lay the parts, the head and the fat in order upon the wood that is on the fire, which is upon the altar. But his inwards and his legs shall... He wash in water, and the priest shall burn all on the altar to be a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if his offering be of the flocks, namely of the sheep or of the goats, for a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it a male without blemish, and he shall kill it on the side of the altar northward before the Lord. And the priest, Aaron's son, shall sprinkle his blood round about upon the altar." And he shall cut it into pieces with his head and his fat, and the priest shall lay them in order on the wood that is on the fire which is upon the altar. But he shall wash the inwards and the legs with water, and the priest shall bring it all and burn it upon the altar. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if the burnt sacrifice for his offering to the Lord be of fowls, Then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or of young pigeons, and the priest shall bring it unto the altar and wring off its head and burn it on the altar, and the blood thereof shall be wrung out at the side of the altar. And he shall pluck away his crop with his feathers and cast it beside the altar on the east part by the place of the ashes. And he shall cleave it with the wings thereof, but shall not divide it asunder. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar, upon the wood that is upon the fire. It is a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. We're going to stop our reading there, but I want you to leave your Bible open because we're going to look at some verses and then we're going to go into chapter 2 just a little bit um, as we continue to talk about the scarlet thread and uh, we're going to talk tonight about the man's about man's part, man's part in getting back to God, man's part in that. Let's pray, and we'll get started. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we need your help tonight, without a doubt. Lord, we pray that you give us clarity of thought and speech. We need that for sure. Lord, that you would illuminate the Word of God. We pray that you would arrest our attention, and Lord, that you would do tonight what only you can do in the hearts of. Men, women, boys, and girls, speak to us tonight. Help us to love you more by the time we leave. We pray and thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Before we pick up on the, uh, on the scarlet thread of atonement here in the book of Leviticus, we really need to understand uh, two important, very important events uh, that happened between the Passover and this point in Israelite's, uh, the Israelites' journey toward Canaan. And you'll remember this because you read your Bible, but uh, about three months after the Passover, the children of Israel arrived at Mount Sinai. Remember that? Say amen. We okay here? Okay. So when they were at Mount, Mount Sinai, they received the Ten Commandments. And the book of Exodus describes uh, God as coming down upon the mountain in a fire. And you know, we, you read it, the mountain shook, it was covered with smoke as if the mountain had even become a flaming furnace. And while the Israelites gazed upon the mountain in wonder, God audibly spoke to them uh, from off the mountain. And he recited the Ten Commandments. And as he spoke, the lightning flashed and the thunder rumbled. And by the time that God had finished with all of that, the Israelites withdrew, the Bible says, afar off. They withdrew afar off. Now, come on, I want you to think about this for just a second because it, it's going to matter. Um, If you were there at the bottom of Mount Sinai, and uh, all this lightning was going on, and all this smoke, and all this thing, and a voice comes out that's um, like anything you've never heard before, because, I mean, this was back before special effects and Hollywood, you know, and all that stuff, they had never seen anything like this before, you think maybe you would have been a little uh, concerned, uh, even afraid? Of what was going on? Oh no, no, and, and absolutely so. I, I can't. It's just amazing because then they said to Moses, "Speak thou with us, you Moses. Speak thou with us, and we will hear." But let not God speak with us, lest we die. So they're they're fearful of what they had experienced there at the bount, uh, bottom of Mount Sinai. So being in the presence, <clears throat> excuse me, of a holy God as God Himself upheld the principles of His law, was one of the most terrifying experiences that they had ever had. I mean, just just life-changing, of course. And then, in addition to receiving the Ten Commandments, Moses was also given instructions for the construction of the tabernacle. And we know this, after about a year in the wilderness, the tabernacle was erected for the first time. And when everything was put into place, God again came down among His people. And we know on that day, God took up residence in the tabernacle and filled it with His glory. And God had come down to live with His people. Now, when when God gave the children of Israel the Ten Commandments upon Mount Sinai... At that time, the the Israelites were, were um, confronted with God's holiness, the holiness of God. And uh, it scared them, the holiness of God. It scared them. And now the tabernacle, the house of God, here it stands in the midst of them, inviting them to come and commune with God. Now can you see a problem here? Uh, what, 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 what do you mean, preacher? Well, when, when confronted with the sheer holiness of God, they retreated in fear. So why would they want to repeat that experience? I mean, why would they want to do that? I mean, come on, that's still got to be... In their heart, in their mind, mercy sakes, alive. Well, we don't want to be close to God. We have Moses, you just tell us what to do. We don't want to mess with all of this. Come on, that's where they're at. I mean, why would they think, <clears throat> excuse me, that future encounters with God would be any different than what they had experienced there at the bottom of Mount, not about Mount Sinai? Uh, Sinai emphasized the distance between them and God. And the tabernacle offered them nearness to God. So the means by which that gap... This is so good. The means by which that gap would be bridged was atonement. There had to be atonement. And in the first five chapters of Leviticus, God outlined five offerings the Israelites would need to make in order to enjoy the fellowship with Him in the tabernacle. And the first three of these are voluntary, and each represents, uh, represented uh, an invitation to the individual Israelite uh, to come and worship the Lord. And tonight we're going to consider the first two, uh, the burnt offering, the meat offering, uh, focusing on what they teach us about the atonement and how it changes our relationship to God. <clears throat> so uh, really basically I've only got two points tonight. And the first one is this, atonement removes our guilt before God. It removes our guilt before God. The burnt offering teaches us that guilty sinners can come to God and find forgiveness. Somebody ought to say right, amen right there. Absolutely. So when offered in accordance to God's uh, instructions, God promised that it, that it would be accepted for Him to make atonement for Him. It says that in uh, verse number 4. And He shall put His hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him, the one who put his hand on there, to make an atonement for him. Uh, and so, after offering this sacrifice, the worshiper left the tabernacle, I love it, the worshiper left the tabernacle at one with the holy God, the holy God of the Ten Commandments. Left the tabernacle that way. Uh, the burnt offering offered access to God to any, to any of the children of Israel. Bring your offering, you have access to God. To any of the children. Come on, does that resonate with anything in your mind? Like, for whosoever will may come? Sure, sure, sure. So if, if a man wanted to come to God, God's way, he was invited to come. I mean, nothing was going to keep him back. Now, if he wanted to come God's way, <clears throat> it's a big problem today, isn't it? Come on, people want to come to God, but they want to do it their way, they want to live life. that You know, as long as they can do it their way, they're happy with it. But we know that that's not the way that God intended for it to be. If, God, if people want to, anybody, Brother Chris, wants to come to God God's way, He's not going to stop them. It doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter how dirty they are, how far away they are, it doesn't matter, none of that matters. If they want to come God's way, they're all invited to come, and that's the way that it was here. It's the way it was here, and the lack of set time, this is good, the lack of set time or day meant that God was offering to be reconciled to the sinner when, when he, the sinner, was conscious of his need to be right with God. Okay, uh, let, me, let me try to clarify that. I said the lack of set time. That means, uh, you know, it, it wasn't on a certain day or certain time they could come. They just needed to come. Uh, and, and so that meant that, that they could come, the sinner could come, when he was conscious conscious of his need to be right with God. To be right with God. <clears throat> when I was thinking about this, uh, Brittany Schoberg came to my mind about this. Well, how come her? Well, she was recently saved. We baptized her. Hallelujah. Very thankful for that. And I had talked to her about salvation S- sometime in the past about that. Many had been praying for her all along the way. But she didn't get saved here in the sanctuary. And she didn't get saved in my office. And she didn't get saved in the church parking lot. She trusted Christ in her home early one morning. In her home. I mean, right there. No, 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 no. I mean, she came to that place where God was dealing with her heart and that's when she got saved. And by the way, that is when you can get saved When God is dealing with your heart, and you're under conviction, and God is drawing you, no, no, that's when you can get saved. That's when you can be saved, no matter where you might be at the time. Doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter, no, 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 you don't have to be in any certain spot, any place, your heart just needs to be in that place where God is drawing you to and you're ready to repent of your sin and trust Christ as your Savior god 's provision and then god 's provision of different animals meant that god 's forgiveness was in, uh, was within reach of the rich and the poor alike he, he may somebody may not have a bullock oh well, then they may have to go down and get them a pigeon Come on, I love it i, love, I mean this is this is wonderful stuff and so the burnt offering provided a uh, It provided the means for individual atonement. Because you do not get saved as a family, do you? You don't get saved as a group, do you? No, 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 no. Each person has to come to the Lord Jesus Christ individually if they're going to be saved by the grace of God. It's a personal decision. Nobody can force you to do it. No, no, no. It's an individual atonement. And man has to do it willingly. It has to be done willingly. Come on. It, no, no, no. It can't be forced. You know? Well, hell, good grief. My, you know, I, they just, everybody's just on my back. So I'm just going to go down there and get this over with. No, no, no. It has to be done willingly. Look at verse 3 again. Excuse me. <clears throat> it says this If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish, he shall offer it of his own voluntary will. At the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. No, no, oh, it's like, you better, you better, you better take your goat and get down there to the tabernacle. No, 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 no. He had to decide there's something I need to do. And it's the very same way with salvation. I'll say it again, it's the very same way with salvation. You're going to be saved by the grace of God. It's because you know you need to be saved by the grace of God, and because you're willing to be saved by the grace of God. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Willingly. And the thing is, is God had provided a way for him to be reconciled, but the responsibility to seek God and be made right was upon that person. So God's whosoever will, uh, whosoever will uh, uh, invitation to salvation means that anyone, anyone can be saved, but no one is saved until he or she chooses to do so. It must be your personal decision. It has to be your personal decision. <clears throat> and, and the way the offering was made reminded the man, that person, that sinner, it reminded them of their sinfulness. It was a reminder of their sinfulness. Well, I, what, how's that, preacher? Well, until the sacrifice was made, listen to this please, until the sacrifice was made, he was denied access to God. Well, where do you see that? Well, the offering was made at the door of the tabernacle. It's made right there at the door.. And so when the animal was killed, the man was reminded that he was personally responsible for its death. He was denied access. the offering was made at the door. And then when the animal was killed, the man was reminded that he was personally responsible for its death. Well, well, how's that? By laying his hands upon his head, he acknowledged that it was dying in his place for his sins. Come on, great. There's a great picture here. This is a beautiful, this is a wonderful picture. Wonderful, wonderful picture. And he had to kill it with his own hands and cut it in pieces. And give those pieces to the priest who would burn them at the altar for him. And in this manner, the offerer and the offering were identified as one. Oh, (laughs) I'm very thankful that I am one with the Lord Jesus Christ now since April 1984. Before the man's offering could be burned, the blood of the sacrifice had to be applied round about upon the altar. What the Bible says, we read there. The only access to God, the only approach to the altar was through the blood. The only way. Romans chapter 3 verse 24 says this, "...being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set to be a propitiation through faith in His blood." Faith in His blood. So the burnt offering reminded the worshiper that God's forgiveness was offered freely, but it wasn't cheap. It cost Him Every part of the sacrificed animal was burned. Every part. Um, Nothing, not even the hide, could be spared for any other use. Wasn't cheap. And it was a blatant reminder that in order for the sinner to be spared God's judgment for his sin, another would suffer God's judgment in his place. Now I want you to imagine just for a second. Come on, come on. I want to keep moving. But I want to imagine, just I want you to imagine just for a second how personal this whole process of sacrifice would feel as you were there. And you watched this innocent animal die in your place. And then have its body. Consumed, be consumed in the flames so you could have God's forgiveness. But it was the burnt offering that provided sinners the sinner's acceptance before God. Verse 4 again, And He shall put His hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. <clears throat> Excuse me. So each of the animals that were offered pointed to Jesus in his unblemished perfection, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, bearing the burdens of our sins in his own body on the cross so that we could be accepted by God. And God received the sacrifice as a sweet savor. That's what the Bible says. What does that mean? Well, he was pleased with the sacrifice. And he received with pleasure the one who had offered it for his atonement. Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So with the problem of guilt resolved, With the problem of guilt resolved, we are invited to deepen our relationship with God. Which brings us to Leviticus chapter 2. And point number 2. Which is this. Our atonement invites us to a life of dependence upon God. Dependence upon Him. Uh, The the, the meat offering teaches us that those forgiven should come to God grateful. We should come to God grateful. Okay, Leviticus chapter 2. You're sitting there, you have your Bible. Verse number 1, look at this. And when any uh, and when any will offer a meat offering unto the lord his offering shall be of fine flour and he shall pour oil upon it and put frankincense thereon and he shall bring it to aaron's <clears throat> excuse me he shall bring it to aaron's sons the priest and he shall take there, uh, there out his handful of flour thereof, and of the oil thereof, and with all the frankincense thereof. And the priest shall burn the memorial of it upon the altar to be an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the remnant of the meat offering shall be Aaron's and his son's, and it, uh, it is a thing most holy of the offerings of the Lord made by fire. And if thou bring an oblation of a meat offering, bacon in an oven, it shall be unleavened cakes, of fine flour mingled with oil, of unleavened wafers anointed with oil. And if the oblation be a meat offering, bacon in a pan, it shall be of fine flour, unleavened, mingled with oil. Come on, brain. Thou shalt part it in pieces and pour oil thereon. It is a meat offering. And if thy oblation be a meat offering, bacon in a frying pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. And now shall bring the meat offering that is made of these things unto the Lord. When it is presented unto the priest, he shall bring it unto the altar. And the priest shall take from the meat offering a memorial thereof and shall burn it upon the offering. It is an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And... "...that which is left of the meat offering shall be Aaron's and his sons. It is a thing most holy of the offerings of the Lord made by fire. No meat offering which ye shall bring unto the Lord shall be made with leaven. For ye shall burn no leaven nor any honey in any offering of the Lord made by fire." As for the oblation of the first fruits, ye shall offer them unto the Lord, but they shall not, burnt, uh, not be burnt on the altar for a sweet savor. And every oblation of the meat offering shall thou season with salt, neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of God to be lacking from the meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt, uh, shalt offer salt. And if thou offer a meat offering of the first fruits of the Lord, thou shalt offer for a meat offering Of thy first fruits, green ears of corn, dried by the fire, even corn beaten out of the full ears, and thou shalt put oil upon it, and lay frankincense thereon, it is a meat offering. And the priest shall burn the memorial of it, part of the beaten corn thereof, and part of the oil thereof, with all the frankincense thereof, it is an offering made by fire, Unto the Lord. Now the meat offering teaches us, stay with me, we're doing really, really, really good. The meat offering teaches us that those forgiving should come to God grateful. So the meat offering is also, it's also voluntary. It's an expression of the worshipers, it's an expression of the worshippers' gratitude to God for his blessings. And so the meat offering, the meat offering was given of the staples of life. What do you mean, preacher? Well, what men depended on to live, what they depended on to live flour, oil, fruits of the harvest. And the term meat, the term meat there stresses the concept of a, of a portion. I mean, the worshiper didn't give all that they had to God, they only gave a portion. Uh, to God, and that portion giving uh, given expressed his gratitude to God for all that which God had blessed him. <clears throat> uh, we, we need to take note that the tithe was a specific portion and was required of God, but the meat offering was a it was a free will offering. Uh, an Israelite gave it because he chose to give it, because God had been so gracious to him, so good to him. And then frankincense was added to the offerings as a symbol of gladness. I mean, we're giving the offering with a cheerful heart. We're doing this because God's been so good to us. We're doing this. Uh Oh, okay. So, frank incense, emphasis there's mine, frank incense added a pleasant aroma to the offering. And it demonstrated that this portion was given cheerfully, it wasn't giving, given grudge, grudgingly. So, the meat offering also expressed the worshiper's gratitude for those who ministered for God on his, uh, on his behalf. Uh, Verse number 3 again. And the remnant of the meat offering shall be Aaron's and his son's. It is a thing most holy of the offerings uh, of the Lord made by fire. So because the priest... Get this, come on, come on. We're we're, going to be done before you know it. Because the priests were always available to God's people, God provided their support through the offerings. And the generosity of the meat offering determined how much would be left for Aaron and his sons. So the amount was totally left up to the worshiper. It was left up to them. The amount was. And so through this offering, God taught both worshiper and minister that they could depend upon Him to supply their every need. God's still the same, isn't He? Oh, absolutely so. No, 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 no. I mean, God will take care of us. So anyway, atonement brings us into a relationship with God. And one aspect of our new relationship to God is knowing that He cares for us and that He provides for us. I mean, He will never leave us in need, will He? No, He won't. He never has done that. He won't do that. So what we give to God, what we give to Him is an expression of how we have come to depend upon God in our day to day living for both physical and spiritual blessings physical and spiritual blessings. What we give to God. Okay, I'm going to say that. What we give to God, what we give to God is an expression of how we have come to depend upon God in our day-to-day living for both physical and spiritual blessings. So let's wrap it up. The burnt offering was for the removal of guilt. And through the burnt offering, a sinner could be made right with God. And then with sin out of the way, that worshiper was invited into a deeper relationship with God. Because God wanted him to know that he could depend upon God to to provide for all of his needs, both physical and spiritual. We don't need to make burnt offerings today because Jesus provided the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. And I'm very thankful for that. Very, very thankful for that. So we come to God by the way of His blood, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we come through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Nor do we take meat offerings to the tabernacle because uh, God's people today aren't confined to one land like Israel or just one place of worship like the tabernacle. The, The gospel extends God's forgiveness to the whole world. And God has established churches everywhere however however the principles of worship remain the same the principles remain the same the new testament instructs us to give to god according as he has prospered us come on don't 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 shut down on me now We're instructed to give to God as God has prospered us. And we still express uh, our gratitude and our dependence upon God for both physical and spiritual blessings through our giving. We come to Him because we don't have any place else to go. We come to Him because we don't have anybody else to depend upon. It is him that's going to supply all of our need. It is him that's going to watch over us daily. It's him that's going to take care of us. It's him that's going to make sure that we are fed and clothed in the house. It's him as we do things his way. And how and where we give, it's not the same. But it's still the way that we demonstrate our delight, our delight in in having been made one with God through the blood of his son. That atonement, at onement with God, at at one with God. So with that thought, how much more willing should we be to do that? I mean, knowing that we don't come to God by the way of a bull or a goat, but through the cross of Calvary, I'd say God's been uh, very gracious to us that living are living in New Testament days. And grace, come on, I'm right. It done, but grace doesn't lower the bar. Grace raises the bar. It raises the bar. <clears throat> so I think the invitation should be this tonight. Of a couple of things. When was the last time you took time to thank Him for making a way for you? I mean, just thanking Him for making a way. Well, I've been saved a long time. Well,. Don't ever don't ever lose the wonder of it. And that he made a way for you with his only begotten son. How do you express that to him daily? Because you don't have to go to the tabernacle to meet with him. You are now the tabernacle where He abides. And we should be expressing our gratitude to Him daily for what He has done. And how has it affected the way that you give back to Him? Because in gratitude, we should be, we should be very, very prayerful, shouldn't we, about how we give back to God. Maybe, just maybe, it's time to make some adjustments. What, 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 uh, what, uh, preacher, what, what, uh, what adjustments are you talking about? whatever ones that God would talk to you about. Because it is not up to me to make adjustments for you. It is up to you to be in contact with God and say, Lord, I just want to do whatever you'd have me to do. I just want to give you whatever you want, Lord. It's all yours anyway. I just want to be obedient to you. You know, to think that uh, God would save our soul and do everything that He's done for us in this church age that we live in, and just to think that we just go on and live our life any way we want to without a thought, without a thought of what He wants in our life, or He what He wants, no, no, look up here, or without a thought of what He wants us to do with our life, <clears throat> doesn't he make good sense? I said, I'm going quit. I've got that closed. Brother Joe, <clears throat> I sure am glad I don't have to go down and pick out a goat out of my herd and go down to the tabernacle and stand at the door. Nope. Nope. the very begotten Son of God hung on a cross for me. Shed His blood for me. So I could have forgiveness of sin. I don't have to do that because of Him. So shouldn't that make us that just that much more thoughtful and that much more willing to do whatever it is God would have us to do in our life now that we're saved and to give whatever it is God would have us to give shouldn't it just make us that much more willing and happy to do it not grudgingly Lord here's my life take it first then you can just have everything that goes along with it you just tell me how you want me to give that to you. I tell you, no, 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 no. The Christian life, the Christian life should be a joy-filled life. And if we're, allowing, if we're allowing the cares of this world to weigh us down to where we cannot even enjoy our Christian life, then we're not as dependent upon God as we need to be. Because He can supply all our need, right? Um, come on, all our need. Not just the food and the pantry and gas and the tank and house living. All our need, whatever it might be. No, no, no. Whatever we might be going through, whatever might be circling around us, however deep the valley may be, God is there to supply all of our need, isn't He? And we need not lose sight of that. We lose sight of it too quickly. Because we don't have to go down to the herd and pick out something or go buy a pigeon and take it to the tabernacle and go through all these different things. It's been done for us, but don't take it for granted. The grace of God should make us want to just give Him that much more and live for Him that much more because of what He's done for us. Absolutely. Let's stand. Stand with me. Let's stand. Father, as we open up the altars, we just pray your perfect will would be done in each life, however you might have spoken uh, tonight, Lord, that your will would be done in each life. If there's someone here that does not truly know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I pray, dear God, that you would impress that upon them. Lord, convict them, convince them, draw them, show them your love and your willingness to save them if they will just come to you. Um, Help us these next few minutes, we pray.